The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, Busted Open Nation? And welcome to another edition of the Busted Open After Dark Podcast. Talking some AEW Dynamite with my first guest ever, Dave the Snake Sabo, founding member of Skid Row, celebrating 35 years of their debut album. He's going to let us know what he thought of Dynamite tonight and who he is really invested in on the roster. Also, who, what, when, where, and why. I got the who. It was Deanna and Tony. I got the what. It was the tattoo. Where was the why? Listen to this podcast. And I'll tell you why the why is so important. I'm Uncle Bully. This is the Busted Open After Dark Podcast. Turn it up. So happy to be joined by my good friend, founding member, and co-writer of one of the best debut albums in hard rock and metal history. And their follow-up could even be described as better. Pantera before Pantera, ladies and gentlemen. One of the highest compliments I can pay my brother right now. Dave the Snake Sabo from Skid Row. What's happening, buddy? Hello for the second time today. And you're on mute. You have to unmute yourself. Hit the little unmute button. Maybe flip the screen over. There we go. Okay, there you go. What's going on, brother? Dude, you have no idea. First of all, I can't, the Zoom won't work on my computer. The camera on the front of my front of my phone doesn't work. I'm on mute. It's like, this is, it's not starting off well, but I am humbled by the accolades that you throw at me consistently, at least when people can hear you. <laughs> well, as far as you not being able to get the Zoom to work the right way, you being upside down right now, not hitting unmute. I remember my shirt first shot of tequila also. So <laughs> am I upside down right now? You're upside down. So this is going to make for perfect um, uh, video when we release it later. So How about it, doesn't, now? It, doesn't, it doesn't even matter. It's more fun like this. Because is normally, still upside down? Normally, you are upside down when you're out on the road touring. How's <laughs> that? There you go. Much better. Much better. 
So, buddy, we've been talking about Dynamite tonight. I know you told us uh, today on Busted Open uh, that you would be watching. I thought it would be great to have you on. You're actually the very first guest I've ever had on After Dark. Really? Yeah, because because my guests on this show are the Busted Open After Dark Nation. The only other voice besides mine, I want to be... Uh, the listeners, but it's a very special day for you. I know you're a massive wrestling fan. You're yeah. part of the New Jersey chapter of the Busted Open Nation, and yep. um, <clears throat> I I just want to know how you felt about Dynamite tonight. Tell me some of the things that you liked, and maybe some things that you know had you scratching your head. I thought it opened up pretty strong. I, but I don't think it maintained it throughout. Um, some of the things just, and I hate to say this because I'm such a fan of all the wrestlers, but some of it just, it fell a little flat. I, I wanted so much more out of the, uh, the Jeff Hardy match and maybe my expectations were too high. When you say you wanted more out of Jeff and Swerve, what, what do you mean? It didn't seem like they were clicking together. Um, it seemed like sometimes one or both of them were pulling back. Um, and Swerve is, a, I mean, they're both very, very animated performers, you know? And so I don't know. I don't think it ever got into that high gear where you go, all right, like, this is like a pay-per-view match. Because that's what I was hoping for um but i didn't get that from that particular match in your opinion um, by swerve getting the victory over jeff tonight do you think you think it's a quality win for swerve over jeff i do because of because of the history and the uh, uh the resume that that jeff has and although it it things haven't been going you know great for him as of late from from a win loss perspective, it's still it's Jeff Hardy. He's a legend, and and he's got he's got a legacy. And so, when a guy like Swerve Strickland could get a victory over a guy like Jeff Hardy, I think that speaks volumes. Okay, tell me tell me something that stuck out to you tonight that you really did like, or that you just liked. And <laughs> I see that smirk on your face. I'm not I'm not sure if we're pulling teeth here because. I don't think tonight was a great night for AEW, but maybe you can point something out to me that, you know, was better than I thought. Adam Copeland can work with anybody. Absolutely. Adam Copeland can work with anybody, man. And that's not to take anything away from, uh, I always mispronounce the guy's last name. I feel terrible. Suzuki. Uh yeah, thank Minoru you. Minoru Suzuki, yep. Yeah, but I, I mispronounced his first name, actually. So uh, he, it just goes to show you, you know, two completely different styles and two completely different, you know, histories uh, of, of where they made their bones in the business. And it just goes to show that he is a pro's pro, man. He could he could work with anybody. Uh, put him in there. And what they used to say, you know, you could have a five-star match with a broom, you know, like that's that's kind of the uh, the feeling I get whenever I watch Adam 
now. I mean, he's always had that quality to him for sure. But he just seems to his he just found his uh, lane. Like he knows exactly who he is, and he knows how to how to have a match that's entertaining and hard hitting, and it's very much uh, it's not one sided. It's give and take. And it makes it interesting. And you kind of sit there and in the back of your mind, you know what the outcome is going to be. At least you think you do. But he also makes it interesting throughout because you're wondering, wow, is this going to be the upset of all upsets? But, you know, to me, he's a pro's pro. He always has been. But it just it seems like in this run in AEW, he's really just he's able to stretch out and show his uh uh, his his length, basically, what he's capable of. Uh, and he's got so many different sides to him and his character that he gets to exhibit that, uh, I think, even more so now than than pretty much ever before. Let's, uh, let's go back to Swerve Strickland, who has definitely been earning his stripes in AEW lately, ever since that Texas death match with Hangman Adam Page, People have been singing the praises of Swerve. How are you enjoying this version of Swerve? How do you like the character on the mic? And what do you think about his in-ring action? Everything he's done, he's he stepped it up. Uh, since It took a little while for him to get his footing in AEW, but he's found his footing. And he stepped up his game. I think he's great on the mic. I think his presentation is awesome. He's always had... Uh, amazing skills. Uh, that's how he made a name for himself on the Indies was he just had great skills, in-ring skills. And then it took him, I think, to find his personality where it's really starting to come out and then find a good opponent with Hangman. And I don't think, I don't think that story, I think that story's got a lot of legs, to be honest. And, uh, and Hangman is is an amazing performer, and I think underrated, to be honest with you. Um, and so I think the two of them together, the more they go, if the creative works it properly, it's going to be one of those, you know, potential feuds of the year type of thing. One of the uh, things that we were talking about this morning, not with you, but me, Dreamer, and and Dave was the alternative brand that AEW is, the alternative style. Um, the WWE has no real competition on the planet. They just have alternative company, you know, companies out there that offer an alternative form of sports entertainment. What do you enjoy most about the alternative version of sports entertainment or pro wrestling that AEW gives us? For me... I think you see a, a a much more authentic version of each performer. Um, and I think that comes, and maybe it's because everyone always says how much more freedom they have within that company than they have when they were a part of, whether it was WWE or, or wherever. Um, but it just seems more, everybody seems more authentic to me. Um you know, like this, take Adam, for example, like this version that we're seeing of Adam, like 
yeah, that's Adam Copeland, you know, like, okay, after all these years, and he's still the rated R superstar, and, and he's still Edge, but yet now he's Adam Copeland. And, and I think that kind of permeates the whole locker room where everybody, you know, John Moxley is a prime example where, you know, he's stretching his wings and he's following his own inner creative to uh, develop this persona and this character to its fullest potential. And I love how he goes and does uh, indie shows and, and shows different sides of his abilities. And I think that that comes out when he's on television for AEW, where he's, again, he's a, he's a lot more adept and well-rounded that I think they showcased of him in WWE. And now, same thing with with uh, with Brian, with Brian Danielson. And look, they gave they gave him a lot of room, I thought. Um, but to see him in AEW, it's like wow. It's like it's just why it's like watching all these uh, talented people like really blossom. You, you, you talked about you enjoy Moxley going to perform on the indies. Skid Row has performed in front of 100,000, and you've performed in front of 100. But sometimes performing in front of that 100 is actually more fun than the 100,000. Would you agree? Without a doubt. And, and you know, when you're a kid, all you want to do is 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 play. Like, I've... I've played everywhere, man. I, I everywhere. I've pay, played keg parties. I played in the woods at keg parties. I played in people's backyards at keg parties and people's basements at keg parties, VFW halls, Elks lodges. Um, I played a show for brain injured children when I was sixteen, and you know what? I had. I was playing music. I was being able to do what I love. Um, as Skid Row, we went and played in front of six people at an old Chi-Chi's in upstate New York. And we had an amazing time. We treated it like, like this is a show. Because one of the things that we learned a long time ago, the very, very beginning of the band, was that you play for the people that are there, not for the people that aren't there. And the people that are there could have done anything at all that particular evening, but they showed up to see you again, whether it's six people on a Tuesday night and wherever it was Rochester, maybe, um, or it's 75,000 people at giant stadium. It, you know, your, your, your mind and, and mindset and your heart has to be in the same place where, these people earn or, or deserve everything that I have within me to give them. And so, again, it's not the size of the crowd that matters. Of course, everybody wants to play in front of 100,000 people or whatever. But, again, I have great memories of playing, you know, the Birch Hill to 75 people on a Wednesday night. And it was awesome because, you know what, because I wasn't working in the warehouse I was on stage performing music with people that I loved playing songs that I loved and people liked it. 
and they appreciated it. And then next time we played, it was 85 people. And next time we played, it was 125. And so that's the way that it worked. And yet we'll, we'd still go back and, uh, and do shows uh, in these small little places when we were on the big tours back in the day, we would go back and do small shows just because it was awesome to do. And we'd do it underneath a, a, a pseudonym or different name or whatever. And um, people would figure out quickly who it was and what it was. And, and but it was still great. It, it, it was sweaty and dirty. And I mean, that's what rock and roll is. And growing up on a Jersey Shore, that's all it was, you know, the Stone Pony and the Fastlane and the Birdchill and so on and so forth. All those clubs, you know, you you smelt like a bar rag all week from playing I still them. do. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you, know, you know, rock and roll and pro wrestling run so parallel. And, you know, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. And it's a long way to the top if you want to bump and roll. You know, it's, you know, to, to make it to the top of this industry, we're both fortunate enough to make it to the top. You talked about being, you know, we talk about your fandom also. How does it make you feel knowing that you are a massive fan of pro wrestling, but so yeah. many pro wrestlers are massive fans of yours? Well, you're, you're at, it's so funny because I didn't realize how similar our lives were until the first time we went to Japan and a bunch of the boys were over there. And I want to say it was like Hillman and Dr. Death and Hawk uh, oh my God! Already, just on those three names. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And it was on, as you know, it's on. And so you're out in Rapungi until whatever time. Who knows? No until one. The sun comes up. Yeah, at least, at the very least, and and you know, there are over seventy-five million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, and cold-press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.
Te presentamos a Alex. Ella acaba de descubrir el centro de visión de Walmart. Ahora hago mis diligencias en un solo lugar. ¿Compras? ¿Lentes? Walmart. ¿Decoraciones? Walmart. Y lo mejor es que aceptan la mayoría de seguros, así que ahorro tiempo y dinero. Bienvenido a un cuidado de visión más fácil. Bienvenido a tu Walmart. Se aplican restricciones. Visita walmart.com para más detalles. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. The, the the thing is, is that we all could keep going. It was no one was tapping out, man. And uh, I found it. I and getting to know the guys and stuff like that back then, and um, understanding that you know they're in as many hotels. You guys are in as many hotels as I am, as we are. You guys are, are are probably logging more miles on the road than we are. We get the luxury of being able to travel in a bus together. You guys are renting cars and going 400 miles after doing, you know, uh, 15,000 people uh, at Madison Square Garden. And you got to roll up to Boston or somewhere or down to Maryland. And, you know, it's like you're just, okay, you still got that high from doing your gig and you're still pumped and you want to get a couple in you and to, to kind of bring it down a little bit, but you, you're up until five, six in the morning, just like we are. And, but the difference is you guys will get up at eight and go to the gym and eight o'clock. Um, there's no, I'm not moving anywhere, you know? And so we're lucky like that, but we all got to go and do our performing and, and, Uh, and then move on and you're doing, you know, you're doing over 200 shots a year. And I, I was, I was blown away. And as I got, and I think that's why I've stayed, uh, it became and stayed such good friends with like you, you're one of my best buds and, and obviously uh, Jericho and, and, and Adam and, and there's, there's a lot of guys that have just been really, really kind and, tremendous to me along the way and and you know uh welcoming me into their their circle and and your circle and stuff and and that always meant the world to me and it taught me a really valuable lesson too about being gracious to to people who are uh you know in in their own business but that don't don't exclude them from yours uh because we really is almost one in the same It, uh, it it really is uh, snake. I do. The, the producers give me the high sign. We definitely have to take a break, but I, I appreciate you coming on uh, so much. Once again, congratulations on 35 years of your debut album. Um, thanks for being a great wrestling fan. Thanks for joining us tonight. 
and uh, continued success. And I said earlier in the show, if, you, if you're if you a younger uh, wrestling fan, rock and roll fan, who's never heard Skid Row before, this is the perfect opportunity to go buy one, your first album, download your first album, and and, and uh, get some of that stuff in your ears because it's uh, some of the best hard rock and metal going. Hey everyone, Lindsay Rhodes here. And with the NFL season underway, I am thrilled to announce that my podcast, The NFL Roadshow, will be dropping three times a week. On Mondays, we're going to recap the most interesting stories to come out of the NFL weekend. Wednesdays are going to be for a bit of a deeper discussion. And on Fridays, we're going to bring you the best of my SiriusXM fantasy show with the great Michael Fabiano, Fantasy Dirt. So please, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. I am super effing pissed right now. Tony Storm and Deanna Peraza. I sent out a tweet. For the love of the wrestling gods, give me the who, what, when, where, why, and how of the tattoo. And if you saw the segment tonight, which I know you did, You saw Tony speaking disparagingly about Deanna. Personally, I would have never brought up the body shaming thing because I think that encourages negative wrestling fans to go after wrestlers even more. I think Deanna looks fantastic. But I think also people can be sensitive about stuff like that. And I would have stayed away from it. There's no reason to scratch that that wound that's been healing up now for about a week or so. Tony goes on to talk about Deanna, and then it's Deanna's turn. And Deanna was quite compelling tonight. She talked about, I don't know who this version of Tony Storm is. I want to I fight the Tony Storm that I remember from... Back in the day, I want to challenge the AEW women's champion that came up with me in the wrestling business back in the day. Tony, uh, Deanna talked about Tony sleeping on dojo floors. Dojo's in Japan. I guess they spent some time in Japan together. I don't know. You have to assume your audience doesn't know. Otherwise, you're just proving my point that AEW is just catering to their diehards. And if you just cater to your diehards, you will never grow. You want to keep your diehards happy, but encourage new eyes to come to the product. How do you do that? You tell them stories. You get them emotionally invested in characters. Deanna goes on to talk about the history of her and Tony. How when Tony came over from England, I guess, that she slept at Deanna, that, that uh, she slept at Deanna's house. How long did she sleep at Deanna's house? Did she sleep there for a, a, a night, a week, a month? Did she spend a year there? What is the bond between Deanna and Tony? Where is, tell me the story of the friendship. Give me the who, what, when, where, and why of the friendship. I want to know more. I want to know just how close these women are. And then all of a sudden, Deanna reaches down and she pulls up her pant leg. 
to show me a tattoo, to show us a tattoo. And then she tells Tony to show her ankle. And lo and behold, Tony Storm had the same tattoo as Deanna Perrazzo. Right there in that moment, those women had the hook in my mouth. My eyes popped open. I'm like, oh, they have matching tattoos. What do you think the first question I asked myself was? Why do they have matching tattoos? When did they get the matching tattoos? Did they tattoo each other? Did they get tattooed the same day? Was it the same tattoo artist? Give me something about the tattoos. Don't assume I know. And a couple of people tweeted me some blurb uh, from the internet somewhere about an interview that Tony or Deanna did about how the tattoos came to pass. I don't want to know about it through the internet. I want to know about it through the story you're telling me on television. They missed the whole thing. Tell me more. Deanna should have been like, Tony, remember when you came to my house? Remember when you stayed there for a year? Remember when we talk about our hopes, dreams, and aspirations of making it in this business? Remember the, the car rides together? Remember everything that we talked about? Remember the ups and the downs? Remember the night we got drunk together? Remember when we did this? Remember this? Remember that? Tony. Remember that one night? Remember that one night that we swore a bond to one another as women in this business that we would be by each other's side forever and we went out and we got matching tattoos? We are connected for history, girl. We are connected because we have matching tattoos that we did together as best friends. I'll be damned if you don't have a story right there. That's emotional. Tell me more. And while Diana, and when Diana is pouring her heart out to Tony, I want Tony to have a look on her face like, wow, Diana is actually pulling at my heartstrings. Diana is actually making sense. So the viewer at home can think to themselves, wow, Diana is really getting to Tony Storm. It almost looks like Tony is going from this new version of her back to the original version of her that Deanna remembered. And then at the last second, Tony snaps out of it, takes off the shoe, and throws it right at Deanna's head. There was no ride. I know the who, it was Deanna and Tony. I know the what, it's the tattoo. But I want to know the why. I'm sure not a, every AEW fan who is watching tonight knew why they have matching tattoos. As knowledgeable as an AEW fan is, where they seem to know every little thing about every last wrestler. Well, you know, uh, Tony Storm did an interview on Reddit, and she said that they have matching drunken uh, duck tattoos because they're best friends. How do I know that? Assume your audience knows nothing. 
Vince McMahon, WWE 101. Learn from it. Remind your audience. Teach your audience. Program your audience. If you don't think it's worked for the WWE over the past 100 years, you're wrong. I got 5 billion reasons why you're wrong. I sound heated tonight, but this is constructive criticism. These are the things that AEW needs to pay attention to. I hope you liked the show tonight. I hope you enjoyed the ride that they took you on for two hours and five minutes. I would never tell you to not like the show. But my God, how much better would this show be if they tightened the screws? I'm happy that they tried to tell the story with the women. But they left so much out of it. By the end, I'm screaming, why, why, why? And I don't think they're going to give the women time next week to give me the why. The why should have happened tonight. But you know what? AEW packed so much stuff in tonight's show that they couldn't give the women enough time to really lay this story out. I cannot tell you how interested and intrigued I was once I saw the tattoos. And if you can hook me, you're doing an awesome job. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Te presentamos a Daniela. A ella nada le sorprende. Siempre estoy lista para lo que venga. Por eso... Este año fui a Walmart a comprar todo para combatir mis alergias antes que comience la temporada de alergias. Claro, porque Walmart tiene... Productos de alta calidad para las alergias como descongestionantes, sprays nasales, antihistamínicos y más. Y a precios muy buenos. ¿Y sabías que también tiene pickup y delivery? Daniela, ¿te sorprendiste? ¿Yo? No, ¿qué va? Claro que sabía que Walmart tiene pickup y delivery. <laughs> Bienvenido a una farmacia más simple. Bienvenido a tu Walmart. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.